US 131 Motorsports Park. What you like most about drag racing? We are live right now with Modified to the Lanes. Welcome to the US 131 Motorsports Park Drag Racing Podcast. Strap in and hang on for all the latest news, results, and happenings from the fastest quarter-mile track in the world. Gary and Justin will offer different perspectives for what's going on at the track and highlighting different events and drivers along the way. This week we will be covering, well, we've, we've got a preview of the Night of Thunder. Night of Thunder coming up in two weeks. Two so weeks, June 22nd. Got a little more information about the import versus domestic race coming up this weekend. Okay. And a little bit of uh, results from other tracks. Had a couple of uh, 131 regulars do well at other, other racetracks this weekend. Mm -hmm. And we also have Tyler Hassing joining us live in the studio for, uh, for an exciting interview. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that should be great. So this week's episode is brought to you in part by Night of Thunder, June 22nd, here at US 131 Motorsports Park. Thank you for taking the time to download and listen to our show. If you enjoy it, please rate us accordingly and tell your friends and family. If you have ideas or suggestions, please let us know. Well, let's talk about this uh, Night of Thunder. We've got coming up here in two weeks, June 22nd, as we said. And I think it's going to be our first chance at nitromethane. Oh, definitely. Two weeks coming up. Uh, so that means the uh, Chicago Land Superstars. Oh, man. Here, right? Oh, yeah. Those, standards. those are becoming my favorite. Uh, they, they, they put on a heck of a show. We were at, at Byron Dragway a few years ago for the Power Wheel Standing Competition, and those guys stole the show. They, really? Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. They had, I mean, the, the guy that won the wheel standing thing went like, I don't know, 1,000 foot, and I don't know, it was maybe like a 970 car or something like that. Mm -hmm. Well, one of these Chicagoland Superstocks drug the back bumper from the first 1,000 foot, set it down, and went 860. Exactly. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, I got to give a shout out to the Great Lakes Stock Super Stock Association. You know, when yeah. they come here, it's a great show. But those cars are a little more, a little closer to the rules than these Chicago Land guys. Yeah, say. yeah. The, the Chicago Land guys, they don't, they don't really fall into the your standard stock Super Stock type. Maybe an outlast racing. Stock, yeah, yeah, they are basically it's it's fast, good old American iron. Yeah, and that, that's essentially what it is. Yeah, they'll do a great job. Uh, Nitro Nostalgia Funny Cars. Oh, yeah. Looking forward to that. That'll be uh, John Lawson's two Nitro Nostalgia Funny Cars. Nice. Uh, quick draw on the runaway cars. And John Lawson gave us a little bit of excitement last year mm -hmm. in, in the burnout. I'm not sure I've seen anybody wreck like that in the burnout and started Nitro Fire and all that other stuff. But yeah. it happened. And Hit the wall. It was pretty unfortunate. But they got ready to work on it, got it fixed. He's looking did. forward to coming back. Oh, for sure. Definitely. So we also have Al Hanna's bringing three of his jet-powered vehicles, the First Strike and the Top Secret Jet Funny Cars, and the Eastern Raider Jet Dragster. Always first class, those jets. So top-notch show. Yeah, for sure. So you can advance tickets are available on the website, us131motorsportspark.com. And Friday, the gates open at 4.30 with an open-to-all test and two, which is slightly different format than what we've done years past for the, the Night of Thunder. The Night of Thunder before had been a qualifying night on mm -hmm. Friday night and, and only open to the bracket cars or or whoever was running for the weekend. This year, it will be an open test open and two. Open test and two for everybody? Yep, from okay. 6 until 11, it's $25 to test and two and $10 general admission. And then Saturday, it's going to be a long day. Gates open at 8 a.m. And the Land Automotive bracket time trials start at 9. And the eliminations for the bracket race will start approximately 1.30. Nostalgia Nitro Funny Cars 
It, we're, are scheduled to run at 7 and 9. And Saturday tickets purchased in advance for adults are only $15. Children's ages 6 to 12 are 5. Saturday admission at the gate is $20 for adults. And children ages 6 to 12 are $7. So... Justin, did you say it's only 15 bucks to see this show with nitromethane? You're right. 15 bucks. In How advance. can you be? In advance. In advance. Oh yep. So just get on the website and, and get your tickets and, and let your friends and family know this would be a great opportunity to, to invite your neighbor or somebody who's never seen you race before and, and kind of show them what it's all about. So the other, other couple other quick notes. What if I want to bring a motorhome? If you want to bring a motorhome, we do have reserved motorhome parking. It's uh it's available from fifty to seventy five dollars. Depending on where you park. Depending on where you park at. And most of the time where they park the motorhomes, you've got great, great seats. Oh, yeah. Right along the fence. Yeah, right along the fence. You've got your, your bathroom and your refrigerator and everything else that the motorhome's got in it. You don't even watch the finish line. Yeah, huh? for sure. That that's the best place to watch. That'd be a good spot. So and then Sunday, Lane Automotive Bracket series. We're gonna run on Sunday too. Gates open at eight, one time trial scheduled at nine AM. And the general admission at the gate for that day is $12 for adults and $7 for the kids. As always. Yep. Right? So that's just a, a rundown of what we've got coming up in a couple weeks. And two weeks from now. Two weeks from now, you've got plenty of time to purchase your tickets ahead of time. And not, I don't really have the authority to say this, but I would imagine during next week's recording, or the following week's recording, mm -hmm. leading up to this event, we'll, uh, I'm sure we'll be doing some Facebook Live stuff. and. Mm -hmm. Probably giving away some tickets, so stay tuned for more information on that. That sounds good. That's good. And then sandwiched in between now and then, we've got this sixth annual import versus domestic race. Oh, the Rosario Brothers. Yes. All right. You know the Rosario Brothers? They're uh, really musicians. That really? Just, that just love cars and love to race. Yeah, they, uh, they actually had a gig at Bell's... Uh, Bell's Brewery? Yeah. In the Cafe in the month of May. Oh, no kidding. They had them uh, playing down there for a whole evening. and. Uh, Pretty good. Did you go? Nope. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. But I, uh, I, uh, I'm sure that's a pretty good draw. Oh, yeah. When you come Definitely. down to a place like that. But that band will be here on Saturday night as well as two others. So they have uh, quite a party going. They have a car show. Okay. They have a stereo sound off type uh, that, competition. The guy that blows your hair around when you're sitting in the car. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. It's all. Uh, you know, Hispanic rap music, so if they're really swearing and stuff, you don't know. No, we don't it's even know. So it's uh, okay for the kids, too. But what a class. They, they just have a good show and uh, a lot of fun. That, that's what those guys are all about. Oh, yeah. And definitely. they've got some good racing. They've got uh, a quick 32, which will be made up of 16 domestic and 16 of the quickest import cars. Okay. And they'll race off for $5,000 in prices. They also have a quick 8, which is a quick 8. I mean, the fastest cars on the property okay. will go for ten grand, ten grand in prizes. So, it, I'm not exactly sure how that's all set up this year in terms of uh, uh, if you can dial your own or if it's just all, all run. But you might want to check it out if you got a fast door car and you got no place else to go. Yeah, there's some good money. Sounds there. like this is the place to be. They also have a no time event. Okay. So, uh, well, which is uh, you know small tire deal. It's got to be twenty nine ten fives, the biggest tire you can have. No no wheelie bars. No wide tires whatsoever. Uh, steel roof and quarters. So that's it's kind of a, a streetcar type shootout. Okay. Five grand winner takes all. No kidding. No times. No times. So bring bring what you got. Right? First one to the finish line wins. Yeah, pretty much no matter what, right? That's for sure. So that's the three classes: the no time class, the quick thirty-two, and the quick eight. I'm making up the drag racing portion of that plus the car show plus the 
they put on a church service on Sunday morning, and they have a, uh, I think all the eliminations are on Sunday. Okay. Uh, the qualifying is on Saturday, but uh, they have three bands there on Saturday night. I mean, wow. what a blast. Cool. Sounds like a good weekend to check the... Check out the imports versus domestics. I don't know what the forecast looks like. It doesn't matter anyway. Oh, they do. Those poor folks oh have had the goodness. worst time with weather the they last have. couple of years. This one's moved into June a little later. Yeah. They're bound to have a good weekend. Yeah, they keep moving it around. Right now, the forecast looks pretty good. Does it? Right? Well, that's good. I, I hope so. We're, we're recording this on Tuesday night, and right now it's all sun this Friday. Yeah, Friday that'd be, Sunday that would be great. Yeah. That'd be really good. And they, they deserve it. It's a great bunch of guys that put their heart into it and a whole lot of fun. Nice people. Just no, nice people definitely. to work with. Definitely. Well, we've, uh, we also had some drivers do well at other racetracks. Uh, Dustin Teeter picked up the win in Orville's Malibu at, down at Osceola That's Dragway. That's the first thing Dustin's won in quite a while. I, it may be the first race he's won. You know, he's been improving. He it's, has. This few weeks, of this, this short season so far, you've seen, I've seen some promise. So oh, good likes for that guy. He might be a deadly combination in that Malibu. Malibu's been around for a long time. The thing is tried and true, and, and, mm -hmm. and the only thing it knows is how to go down a racetrack. So that's a good confidence booster. Oh, for sure. Brian Rockwell, he's also entered in the points up here, mm -hmm. and he won Top E.T. in his Roadster. Right. And he sent me a message today, and I, I apologize I haven't gotten back to him yet, but mm -hmm. he, he's leading Top E.T. In, at Osceola right now, and he's not sure what to do. <laughs> well, that's good. So right. yeah, good for him. Well, good life for Brian. Yeah, so exactly. You decide where to go. What about the uh, Iowa SFG race? You anything about that? I didn't really hear of anybody local doing well. I know Nick the Trulers. Yeah, Nick Folk won one, um, and Austin Truler said he got to the fifth round. Okay. Okay. Yeah, cool. Yeah, one race. Not cool. Sure good for him. Good for him. Yeah, and, and uh, Brett Williamson, he's a, he's a buddy of mine from uh, Illinois. Mm -hmm. He runs a black 57 Chevy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you've seen the car before. Yes, it, I It's slammed to the ground. It's a really cool yeah, car. Yeah, I saw it in some of the coverage, too. Yeah, so he, he got the semi? Or? He, he runnered up on uh, Sunday for 20 grand, nice. leaving off the bottom. Yeah. So With swapping feet? Not swapping okay. feet. He uses a button, but well, you don't have either way, that's, uh, that's pretty cool. It, that's a, he, he's just a, he's not very old. He's, might be, I don't think he's 20 years old. That car's much older than him. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think about a 57 Chevy. It's a neat car, real low in the weeds. Oh, and, yeah. And he's going off the bottom boat. I think all of your friends go off the bottom boat. Well, that's... Do that's, you have any top boat friends? You know, I I have a few just to kind of mix things up a little bit. Maybe your dad. May, yeah, I have my dad, he's a top ball guy now. <laughs> I, you, I, I say that, he, he, he can still swap feet. Sure. He, he showed that last I'm year at the SFG race in the, in the white card. I think you know every good bottom bowl race in the country. <laughs> Just, uh, I, love that I, I try to try to rub elbows with the best of them. Hopefully, they'll they'll rub off on me one of these days. Yeah, you do do good. You it'll be coming anytime. I now. hope so. And uh, Jeff Green. We just want to give a shout out yes. to Jeff Green on the scooter. Mm -hmm. He made it to the semifinal round of the 7K race up at, at Mid Michigan Motorplex. They had their Moneymaker series. Yeah. It's supposed to be a, like a 2500 five grand and 2000 kind of format. Mm -hmm. They completely lost the day on Saturday yep. due to rain. And so they rolled everything together. Put and the seven grand deal on, on Sunday. Exactly. They, they, he got to the semi. He went to the semifinal. Nice. Nice. Lost on a, on a double breakout, I think, and just. He, you know, you can look at the time slip and know exactly what you should have done <laughs> in that situation. Yeah, but he's on a two-wheel machine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that's be, never hampered Jeff. you got to be a bit of an athlete, not you, just a driver. Oh, for sure. For sure. That's good. Well, we're going to shift gears a little bit here and introduce our guest. Tyler Hassing is joining us. His, uh, he's got a lot of history around motorsports and drag racing. 
His dad, is, as many of you will recognize, is Kenny Hassing. He was the owner and proprietor of Street and Strip for years and years yeah. and years. And Kenny's now doing muffler stuff, right, at Muffler Man? Yeah. And Tyler's got force engineering going right here in Plainwell, real close by. And uh, building engines and, and always has like 14 different projects cooking. I know you got I know what you're going to ask first, Dustin. What's that? How'd you get started? <laughs> yeah, I, I know the story. Right, well, so let's go ahead and hear. Let's let's hear your words. So that's a long that's a long story. I mean, obviously, my dad ran Street and Strip for. I don't even remember when he opened that. Way before I was born. Oh, I, definitely. I think in 2000, it'd been 26 years. I think since he since he had started that. So. For yeah. quite a while. Quick math, that's that 74. Might that might go back. Does well, that sound right, right here? Early 80s, anyway. Early 80s, yeah. maybe? Okay. Yeah, something like that. It was, it was a while. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I grew up around it, going to shop with him, getting the hands dirty every chance I get. I used to clean parts when I was, like, 14, 13 all the time. Mm -hmm. It's just what I do. So, I grew into that and started racing carts when I was six or seven and got out of that, moved in and out of different projects, different motorsports stuff throughout the years. But I grew up with Justin and and Kyle and yep. all the lawn makers. I was over there every day. We were drag racing bikes and all kinds of stuff in the in the driveway there. And anything that we could find to drag race. Yeah, you, yeah. you went to Otsego School? Yeah, I went to Otsego. Yeah, graduated in 05. There, there's something in the water. Yeah, in Otsego. We got Wells and Wessler. And oh, yeah, we were talking about that when Mark was in here with us. Yeah, you know, bunch so, of good people. Yeah, just a, just a quick, quick story. So Tyler had the biggest Lego collection out of anybody I knew at the time, right? <laughs> so when we were kids, I don't even remember how old we were, but it, it wasn't know. real old. We got this idea that if we wrapped a rubber band backwards around the axle of a Lego dragster, mm -hmm. they could go on their own. We started racing those things. Yeah, that was racing, a lot of fun. yeah, it was. And then I remember you, I think, got the Technics rubber bands. Or yeah, something. we those found some. The hot <laughs> they were like some serious on. rubber bands. We found bands, some yeah. crazy rubber bands. <laughs> we had, oh yeah, we had a lot of time to spare. We did. And, I mean, if, if it was if, if it wasn't nice enough outside to race bikes in the driveway, we were racing Legos inside. Yeah, I'd like to know what Osceola High School's auto shop looked like. They didn't, they, have, they didn't have one. No, I think that's part of the problem. Right? <laughs> yeah. We had to go find something to do. We all, we all caught this disease in our spare time. <laughs> right. It's close enough to the drag strip, and when the wind's blowing just right, you can definitely hear oh, yeah, it. Yeah, at Most definitely. So, what about uh, education, and how'd you get to, to be the, a business owner? Uh, really, uh, my actually, I kind of took over from my dad. I don't know. I was probably 19, I think. I just moved out of my parents, and uh, my aunt. Had uh, owns a riding stables in Otsego, and she had fell off her horse and broke her neck, and my dad had to take care of her. So mm -hmm. I was kind of thrust into the whole, well, it's time for you to step up and run the place that for was your, for a while. Your so. dad's sister then? Yeah, wow. yeah. She she still trains horses. She's mm -hmm. doing she's doing well, um, but uh, in a wheelchair. You know, but, oh yeah. Um, yeah. So that's really how I got started running the business. I had moved into that. I'd been working there for forever as long as I can remember. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, that's what really thrust me into running it. Dad had owned the, the Muscle Man and Portage there for a little while at that point, and okay. he had to kind of divide his priorities up, and that's just how it folded, unfolded there. So. so you took over the high-performance end? Yeah, yeah, I've been, I've been doing a lot of the engine assembly and pretty much, you know, majority of the machine work and a lot of the tuning stuff, and we were kind of seeing a lot of the kind of clientele we have were moving to EFI stuff, and that was, wasn't really Dad's thing, so we were... Uh, Working, working that way. That was kind of cool. I think one of the biggest things for us moving to EFI was we had an, we had back then we had an engine dial, and I put I had a twenty three hundred four with a turbocharger on it, and it was making 
somewhere around 300 horse, I think, something. It was pretty small when we first got started with it. We started cranking the boost up once I got the tune close, and it made almost 600 flywheel. Dad was just blown away by what I was able to do with the computer. What size engine? It was 140 cubic inches. So 2300 cc. Yeah, 2300 old pinot engine. 600 horse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It made 585 with the flywheel. That must have uh, got, his, got his attention. Yeah, it did for sure. Wow. At first, he he told me he was like, "Man, this is kind of boring. Like it's making like you know high 200s and whatever." <laughs> You start cranking the pressure to it, and it lights right up. So oh, yeah, and, and, and on those, when you have a, a parts failure, it, it's catastrophic. Oh yeah, like sure. it'll split the block in half, and, and, yeah, all, and the all, whole night. All kinds of fun. So oh, those yeah. things are like anemic cylinder wall thicknesses are all over the place too. So you kind of gotta do your homework, check, make sure you know, make sure the block you got's worth it. And so how how old were you at that time? You put uh, that one together. 18 probably. Oh gosh, something so, like that. So oh, this yeah. is a whole new chapter in high performance. It was for, for a us. Hassing family. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, you turn the page. You got the power adder and the electronic fuel injection. Yeah, it was kind of it was kind of my thing. I mean, yeah, you know, it was old. Uh, it was a Mega Squirt computer, which if anybody knows a lot about EFI. It's kind of like it's no. a do-it-yourself thing. I I bought it as a kit and I assembled it the ECU in <laughs> my spare time, and that's what we ran with it. It was a neat project. I'll say. I'd say before that there was, uh, you know, Tom Camp's got that Mustang sure. rolling yep, around. That's sure. got a 460 in it. When I was 15, I ported the heads that are on that. I, <laughs> I built built that engine for myself, mm -hmm. and then uh, Dad had bought me this turbo. Actually, my uncle gave me this turbo 2300 car. It was the first turbo EFI car I'd ever worked on. I was hooked instantly. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah so that's. That. Well, they, they ran around with like the Eagles, and I know my brother ended yep. up with a Talon for a while, the Turbo 4 That's cylinder. Right. Yeah, those right. 4G63 Mitsubishi yep. stuff. Yeah, yep. we still do a lot with those even. Yeah. And then the, the Mustang, right? The blue Mustang you have right now? Yeah, my yeah, my current my 2013 yeah, 5 liter car. 5 liter powered? Yep, yep. It's kind of turbo, stuff. obviously. Yeah, it's just, just new recently single turbo stuff. Yeah, oh. it was on oxide before. Oh, um, I guess. It went, it went 1030s on spray. So, mm -hmm. did okay. Yeah. Now, now it's. it's uh, he was on the chassis dyno today, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right before I left, I started had some issues to sort out. We got through them, made one partial pull before we came up here for the day. So, it'll with the Mustang, it'll be promising. Okay. Yeah. But so, what do you work on there? What do you guys do and build? Uh, we do a lot of uh, as far as the chassis dyno stuff goes. We tune a bunch of stock ECU, GM, and Ford stuff from every generation. Uh, the OBD one. Ford stuff is there's not many people around here that work on it anymore. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. we do a lot with that. Um, in any of the GM, LS, and modern mod motor Ford stuff too. I mean, we work on a lot of stock ECU stuff. We do standalone stuff as well, um, and carbureted cars too. I was telling Justin earlier via text. I tuned yeah. in a carbureted Chevelle today. And it was <laughs> it came in and I'm like, yeah, the guy was pretty happy. Didn't know much about it, about the car the way it was. Well, I had like 17 degrees of total timing in it, so I, I made I think it made 68 more wheel horsepower oh, than yeah. what it came in there with <laughs> pretty easily. Yeah, you know, pretty, like, pretty dude's pretty gonna think I'm a magician or something. You know, all <laughs> oh, it took was turn yeah, the, the distributor. Yeah, you know, exactly. Pretty pretty <laughs> straight. Time yeah. Sometimes you get wins like that. Yeah, you gotta take them when you can. <laughs> <laughs> Other times you're beating your head against the wall, knowing that this thing's supposed to make 800 horse. Right. And yeah. Struggling to see 600. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what about uh, fabrication there? Yeah, we do. We do fab work. Uh, we build our own headers and charge piping. A lot of turbocharger based stuff is what the majority of the fab work is. Mm -hmm. uh, we have the ability to do roll cages, but I, I really don't tend to do that just because I, I we can't do it fast enough to make money. Yeah, just that. for it's yourself. Really, we're just not efficient. Yeah, we that's, do our own, long own chassis project. work, but yeah. Mm -hmm. But if somebody wants to add a turbo to a car, they can come to you. Yeah, yeah, we do that kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure. We do, uh, you know, uh, 
any of the hot piping, cold piping, intercooler installs, we build custom intercoolers, all that kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. then obviously we have a machine shop where we do we do everything in-house but a line hone and clean box. So everything else is done by us in-house. So yeah. I do all the machine work, all the assembly myself. Wow. Set up pretty well. Yeah, yeah, I definitely keep busy, that's for sure. But you don't have to port and polish heads anymore, do you? I, I still do, still yeah. Do. Well, the, Mesh ports a lot stuff. of the import stuff and even the new co the mod motor forwards, so they yeah. don't make aftermarket castings for them. That's so right. What am I thinking? Yeah. yeah, they're not small black Chevys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, so you, you can buy them heads we work on CNC heads those. for everything, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I still do a lot of, a lot of hand work. Uh, so do some intake manifold work from time to time too, but I, I really like, I really enjoy that though. Throw my headphones in and just go to town on some stuff. I like mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Listen to a podcast. Yeah. yeah exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Do you know of any good ones, Gary? Yeah. Got something you recommend? Yeah. <laughs> so do you have anybody that works for you, Tyler? Uh, I have one guy, uh, uh, Nate Heiser, worked for me for, gosh, I don't even know, probably six or seven years now. Okay. So he's uh, he's my lead tech. He always says he takes them apart, and I make them better, and he puts them back together. That's kind of how that whole situation works Sounds like there. a good so, team. Yeah, yeah, it works well. Okay. So we, we did hit on the, the chassis dial thing, and that's something that that's fairly new to, to your business, right? The uh, force engineering. It's been around for what, three, four, or five yeah, years? We've had it for about six or seven. Have you really? We've had okay. it for a bit now, yeah. Okay. And that's a, that's a service that you do offer, and, and that's... You, you can make some substantial gains and, and yeah it's it's uh, you learn a lot of lessons in a hurry <laughs> for sure uh, you know uh, we do I mean I've seen all kinds of stuff come through the door from ITB Miatas on a Hall Tech ECU to carburetor big blocks you know and just about anything we work on so um, you always learn something with every one of them oh, you yeah. know, either either it's like uh, you know they all need a fuel system change or, or you know just anything ignition system components or the cool thing about working on a lot of the power adder stuff is as you lean on those, you're kind of like usually limitless in your power ability, so you're always pushing it to find the next limit, you know? And, sure. And, uh, Which a lot of times is the next weakest link. Well, a lot, <laughs> what, what we run into now, I feel like uh, a lot of the issues early on with power adders, with people breaking engines, was all because of the tune-up. Yeah. You know, now, I mean, we got people like, like Capizzi, I mean, who makes yeah. 1,300 wheel on a stock short block LS. I mean, right. that's just crazy. Yeah. And it's all crazy. it's all on the tune-up. Oh, for sure. Yeah, so we're able to make, uh, that's what I really enjoy is just, like, you know, we do some four-cylinder stuff that make five, 600 wheel pretty regularly, and it's always fun to get, okay, we've hit 35 pounds of boost, and the limit was, oh, we're out of fuel or out of injector, and, and it's always a fun circle, because then you upgrade that, and then you just turn it up until you find whatever's next. Right? Oh, for oh, sure. Do you work with John Capizzi's? I, I'm, I'm buddies with John Capizzi. Yeah. I, I send him some trans work and stuff, yeah. and, and we chat about you know whatever he's working on or I'm working on if we're troubleshooting things, that kind of stuff. Would so. he, uh, does he have his own chassis? Dyno? He does. He has a, a two-wheel drive dyno job. Okay. Yeah. You know who else does it? Uh, Rob Sanders. Oh, okay, he yeah. Got Turn to the performance out of yeah. Elkhart. Yeah, yeah. Rob's so a good guy. So you're not the only one. I mean, no, there's, there's a few these, around. These places yeah. are popping up, huh? But he's, yeah, he's probably, the, Tyler's probably the closest to the racetrack. Yeah, I'm definitely. eight minutes away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah it's definitely hard to beat that. But there's a couple. There's there even there's one another one in Kalamazoo, and there's one in Pawpaw, too. There's mm -hmm. a few around, so. Okay. They all specialize in their own, in different things, usually, right? Yeah. Sure. It sounds like you have the gamut as far as your experience. And know what to do to all types of cars. Yeah, we work on a wide range of stuff, and right. and uh, yeah, I'd say we're yeah, pretty well versed in about anything that comes through the door, right? Some people sometimes I get some weird EFI systems thrown at me and curveballs that I'm not familiar with, but mm -hmm. uh, 
Or like I've got a guy ask me to t- turn his what the heck is that thing? It's like a '58. I don't even remember what the car is, but it's got two side draft Webers on it. He wants oh. me to tune that, and I'm like, oh, oh yeah, good luck with that. Right. <laughs> I mean, I can do it, but you know, where do you get jets for it? Like, yeah, you know, don't get it. Bring, bring some with you. Make your own. Bring the small ones with you. We'll right, drill right, exactly. Let me get yeah. my drill index out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So now, now with the with the boosted stuff that you've been playing with, and, and you you came into this probably before E eighty five was was really even oh, available. Oh, for sure, before the thing. Yeah. What does what has E eighty five done to that world of, of performance? It's E eighty five is overly common. Everybody has it. It's in that environment, especially in the import world. I would yeah. say, but even in the forced induction, any anything, even domestic stuff, it's super common. Um, what kind of doors has that opened up though as far as tuning and, and making more power and it's and yeah it's massive you know on a import stuff you know something that's you know back limited on 93 when we, when we make 500 wheel on e85 and we can make eight with it i mean it's that much yeah wow. in, in that environment though uh, you know a, a four-cylinder car that's going to make 500 wheels doing that on yeah. 30 pounds or something yeah and and that's just usually a comfort level thing like i could probably make six with it if i really wanted to but i <laughs> just don't trust it so we throw some e85 in it and crank the boost up to 40 45 pounds and okay and uh we're able to make that kind of power with them no, you know, no pre-ignition the fuel. yeah it's, it's all about just the yeah the fuel is just so much more you know knock, it's not as knock happy sure it's more sure. Sure. It, it, so, it, it really is like yeah this so stuff where, is where you guys are going to myers for this oh still? yeah well the majority of my customers are all street cars so they they're not going to buy a 55 gallon drum mm-hmm. with x85 they, they from me no yeah they're, they're going to go to get it at wherever you know right. wherever they can so Do you check it and yeah measure. i sell the we sell testers the quick fuel testers just the sure. basic stuff a lot and tell people yeah. to be adamant about you know you better sure. keep on top of that you know buy sure. a lot of the time and test it every time you can you yeah, know this is good melt yeah, I mean, it's just uh, you're always on the edge with. Well, I, I think the, the the nice part about that is like if you've got a if you've got the good summer blend that's testing at like 83, 84 percent, right? Then you set your tune to that, and it starts falling off to 78 or 80 percent. You're on the safe side of that too, yeah, correct? Exactly. Well, it's so. Yeah, I mean, the less ethanol content, the more pump gas is in the thing, so mm-hmm. the more knock prone it is. So when the ethanol content goes down, it's going to be less happy. Okay, so it's a little different mm-hmm. car than than a carbureted application. Well, I would say with the boost, I would say probably it's it's. I'm talking ignition timing related, sure, not fuel related. Yeah, if the okay. ethanol content goes down, it's going to get richer, but it's right. also going to want less ignition timing total. I get right. you. I understand. Yeah. So right. two two sides of that. Sure. Um, you know, as far as power gains goes, if you're tuning to the edge of Probably anything about E60 to E85, there's not a huge difference in power on the limit of that. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. so if, if you tune stuff conservative, you know, I, guys are always, you know, the last three, four degrees of timing might be worth 40 horse on something that's making 600 wheel. And if it's worth 40 horse, it's a lot. That would be yeah. abnormal. Yeah. Um, so you just keep the tune safe, <coughs> and then you got some, you know, some room to work with if you get a batch of fuel that's e70 or something like that sure. you just keep the thing conservative really sure careful. yeah first factor because oh, yeah. people aren't always going to test their fuel you know you know you know that's it and then it absorbs water so much too which yeah. is actually interesting as as the water content goes up in ethanol so if you have a flex fuel sensor it can false read Really? Yeah, if you put enough water, or any kind of like amount of water E85, it'll read like ethanol because yeah. how the flex fuel sensors work. So yep. I've had E85 test E100 before on a flex fuel sensor. No kidding. Yeah, because it had a lot of water in it. Uh-huh. Yeah, so yeah. you got to look out for that too. Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. So what's what's the what's the most power you've seen on your chassis dyno? 
Uh, chassis dyno, uh, probably Kevin Kwiatkowski's front wheel drive car. It's made. We've made eleven. I want to say eleven, eleven with it to the tire. Now do you put an extra set of straps on there? Just so his his car is kind of cool because it's a front wheel drive, one piece front clip, so we can strap vertically right over the cowling. Okay. So yeah. we can just load. That's got a thirteen hundred pound, I think, front spring in it. So okay. we can just really load it up with straps vertically. Yeah. We VHT it too, just for the heck of it. Oh but yeah. That, that that car is making eleven, eleven, but it makes peak power at ten eight. 10,800 RPM, so it doesn't make a ton of torque. It makes 680 foot pounds of torque or something. Yeah. I think it oh, peaked. wow. Yeah. Yeah, that thing's just screaming, Scream. sitting oh, right yeah, there next to you. Yeah, well, hey. we walk outside. <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody's got to be in there running. Yeah, there. Kevin's, Kevin's <laughs> in there running it, but yeah, that thing's a riot. That's uh, wow. yeah, a fun car to work on. It's a so two liter. It wouldn't be much of a drag car, though, right? No, it is. That's all it is. It's a drag car. I mean, it's been seven, I want to say 730s. Wow. Seven quarter mile. Yeah. So you yeah. get the arrows up right off the line. Yeah, yeah, you gotta, gotta have the right converter set up in it. You know, it's all about the combination. I, I think that thing, I think that converter flashes to like 8100 or something. Oh, oh yeah, right. sure. So Seven inch converter, song. probably. I, I don't know. It's yeah. a custom piece from, oh, yeah. I think IPC makes that. Okay. Some, really? They make import specific stuff. So. Okay. Yeah, that thing's nuts. That's a, that car, I think we made. 11.11 on 73 pounds of boost last time we 73 had it. Yeah. Is that compound turbo? Nope, single, one single board. No yeah. kidding. Yeah, well, it's got, it's a board warner mostly, yeah. Okay. 1100. Yeah, 11,000 yeah. RPM. Yeah, yeah, 11,500 11, RPM. Yeah. 100, it's 120 cubic inches. really not that much torque. No, no. Half what a big box. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. it's not. It's not. No, but that's why the thing lives, you know. In reality, I mean, that, that engine is a stock crank, stock block, stock cylinder. Yeah. Making 1,100 horsepower. Yeah. Over 11,000 well, RPM. The cool thing is, is it's it's a 120 cubes, you know? Yeah. That thing's just a... You could pick it up, put it in the trunk of your car. Yeah, it's a little guy. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. That car is a science experiment. It's got, uh, we've got in-cylinder pressure sensors and port pressure sensors, so we, we use that to design the intake manifold and the header, and we've done a lot of testing with that side of stuff, and and just even compression ratio, static ratio. You know, yeah. that car is 7.3 to 1 static ratio. That's, Super that's low. crazy. Yeah, that's but good. it allows us to run enough ignition timing to keep everything happy. So sure. that's kind of the trade-off. It's, just, it, it's a wonder it. the thing even starts. Yeah, it's on alcohol, too. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, yeah. Wow. You said there's an in-cylinder pressure sensor? Yeah, yeah. So we can see cylinder pressure in, uh, it's, it logs fast enough to where we can review it in real time. So we have, by crank angle, we can see cylinder pressure. So then we're able to tune the, both ignition timing and we're actually able to see intake port pressures in real time too, which helps us. That car's got a variable intake cam, so we can sweep the cam differently at different RPMs and that really allows us to help tune that and, and camshaft timing events, obviously. So. Mm -hmm. That's the, all electronically adjustable? Yeah, it's all controlled by the ECU. Yeah, Ooh. the intake side is, the exhaust side is solid. But, okay, intake. Ooh, pretty, pretty technical right stuff. Right here in Little Martin, Michigan? Yeah, yeah, yeah right there in Plano. They're uh, reinventing the wheel. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that, but yeah, it's it's pretty. That car is a science experiment. You know, I work on that one. Then there's another one that I do, similar power level. You know, they're making flywheel. It's somewhere around 1800 uh, and these things. And the other one's cool because it's it's more brute force. than this one's really fine tuned. The other one we just put a bunch of boost to it and then we spray it. That thing's like 80 pounds and then a 200 shot. I think or 150 oh, shot on top of that. <laughs> yeah, that car's been four. 
his job is, is revolves around motorsports, similar as Tyler's, yeah. but yeah. it's it's still a job. No, yeah. <laughs> there's days that it's not. It's like any other job. Well, uh, for sure. Well, maybe. But I mean, would, if you could, if, if your ideal job, uh, just just throwing something at you, like if you could be a pro at a, at a in a pro shop at a golf course during the week and a, and a drag racing announcer yeah. on the weekends. I mean, it you haven't made, would you? They might, but it uh, yeah, being a pro working at a golf course would not be as much fun. You're right. But the the sense of satisfaction you must get out of us, you know, somebody limping in there with something that's not running. And you're, and you're doubling the power with your tune. And, and yeah, your, sometimes. Your yeah. smarts, it's, it's amazing, time. Yeah, it's got to be so cool. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, again, you learn a lot. You learn something every day, right? Yeah. So, oh, yeah, yeah usually. I'm I mean, sure it's, you do. I mean, even my, my own car, I've been playing three days with it, trying to get it. It's got a, it goes in the limp mode, and I've been fighting that thing for a couple of days. I just haven't had this time to spend on it, you sure. know? But, yeah, it's there's always struggles. Every day you learn something. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So, we were... I have this in here. We've got a. We were in a conversation over Facebook Messenger the other day. We were just, we were talking about the money that's involved in bracket racing, and, and we're really completely going sideways here. But it's an interesting conversation, I think. I so, like we as as a bracket racer, like this year for example, I could go feasibly. I could go race within probably four, five, six hours of home for ten grand, pretty much every, any weekend that I want to go. There, I could go for fifty grand almost any weekend within ten hours of home, and there's two different opportunities to win five hundred thousand dollars plus on the on a bracket racing seat. Mm -hmm. And we we were talking about that, and realistically, you know, like Tyler said, like you could take in, in all actuality a ten thousand dollar car and go race for five hundred thousand dollars bracket racing. Mm -hmm. What what other motorsport is even close to that? And well, especially at the sportsman level. At the right? sportsman level, right. But so remember, like, these levels have only shown up in, the, in recent years. Right, so exactly. It's always been like that. But so I guess, so like like we were talking, like you could take a radio versus a world car. You've got, I mean, unlimited budget. You have to have unlimited budget. These yeah. cars are $250,000 plus yeah. Yeah. to have a competitive car, and you're racing for fifty grand. Yeah, their biggest, you know, their radio versus world race is fifty grand to win. Mm -hmm. Right. So... What about uh, soccer racing? What's it to win a feature? It comes at twelve hundred something. Yeah, I did some of that. It's like twelve or fifteen hundred bucks. But back when I did it, it was, I think it was around a grand to win. But you go there, you have to buy. You know, then they had a different tire rule, so we had to buy two sets of tires or two tires every week. Yeah. We had six. We'd rotate through. Yeah, you go through them. Right? Yeah, and they're hundred bucks a piece. You know, and then pit passes were I think twenty five bucks a person, and then you use probably fifteen gallons of fuel in a night. And you know? seven, eight, nine bucks a gallon. Right. Because you're running gas. Yeah. And entry fees? Uh, yeah, it was just pit pass was entry okay. fee then. You yeah. would get your start money, you know, they do do pretty good with tow money. Way I think, back, I think yeah. it was like a hundred bucks for just to start the feature. Uh, kind yeah, of you get qualified for the feature. Yeah. So yeah, everybody yeah. gets something. But still, a big race for those guys yeah. is, you know, I mean, they, they used to have a 50K to win one. I don't think that's anymore. I think they now common is like 10. I think the, the, the clock was 50 for a year, but I think it's 10 again yeah. now. Yeah, okay. so I mean, those guys are taking thirty, forty thousand dollar late models with the best of the best shocks and brakes and everything mm -hmm. they can buy, and Just they're racing for what ten percent of the money you guys can race for right. bracket racing. I mean, that's the thing to me. It's from a financial standpoint, there's right. not many opportunities to make money right at, so, at this level. So the question that I've got is, do the other forms of motorsports see this and, and try to catch up somehow or another, or does? Or does, does bracket racing kind of fall back and, and we come to a kind of a correction, a, a pretty much the same across the board at a sportsman level? 
happy medium. I, I don't think that you'll see the circle track guys following suit unless they they have to, okay. you know, unless they need to. I would, I would say at the same time, a lot of that's just passion-based. You're going to go with, you know, where you grew up racing. You yeah, know, it's going to be true. odd for somebody to quit drag racing and go circle track racing. Yeah, you're right. You know, that's going to be kind of rare. So I think a lot of it's just setting kind of setting stone yeah, that you way, too. You comfort zone, you race for whatever is offered. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and one thing you left out, Justin, is the, uh, there's a bit of a gamble on the drag racers' part when they have $1,600 entry fees. You're right. You know, and you got to double. You know, yeah, it, definitely. It, most people do if you want to stay hot and fresh throughout yep. the day. It, it, and double entering does make a huge difference. Yeah. I mean, it, it allows you a mistake. Double it allows you to, right, it allows you to, to basically have that entry that you can, if, if the weather changes, if the track conditions change, whatever, mm-hmm. you can you can sacrifice one and, and a lot of times bounce back and, and keep the other one going. So what kind of racing does some of your other customers do? Oh, um... Gosh, we've got guys doing. We're gonna take this uh, 1,100 horsepower. Well, that's just a drag car. He runs. Uh, he's got it set up on a 26 inch tire now to run S front wheel drive, which is like the faster uh, S front wheel drive class that runs around now. In what kind of race? It's just drag race stuff. I mean, what where do you where, where does Gary go see him at? Oh, uh, so Kevin, I think races. He'll run the DSM shootout in August, which is just it's manufacturer specific. Um, but he's running a race in two weeks down in. I don't remember the name of the track down in Ohio. Um, he run, he tests at Milan. I mean, he doesn't run a lot of big events with the car. He okay. stays pretty busy. Um, but okay. the, Aaron, the other customer I work with that's got the other big power import stuff, he does a lot of grudge stuff, small tire grudge stuff down in Kentucky, Tennessee area. He's go. actually been on Street Outlaws when they did the import versus domestic show. Oh, really? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, so he, he does more of that scene. So We could certainly race this weekend. Oh, yeah, definitely. he could. I've, I've tried to get him to come up here a few times, and he didn't, never never seems to really bite it. But they'd love to have him. No, yeah, I'm oh sure. yeah, I'm sure they would. And that, sure. that car gets down, so he's nice. okay. I think. <laughs> Plus, all the drive cars, it's a little bit less sensitive to oh, yeah. track conditions. Yeah, this weekend they'll have these uh, Mazdas. These yeah, rotary stuff. Yeah. yeah, and the turbo is just as big as the engine. Yeah, yeah, isn't that gnarly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you ever played with a rotary I, engine? I haven't. I, I've always wanted to just buy one, just tear it apart, mess sure. it, but I never have the time. Oh, that's, right, that's smaller in size than your four cylinder. Yeah, yeah, well, displacement wise, I don't know what they actually displace per revolution. I don't know either. Hey, I don't know how it's measured. I mean, that's all good. there's no after market parts i think those little seals in that rotor are, are aftermarket everything else is stock so they bring seven or eight engines with them <laughs> they, they, they gotta be running out of Mazda oh, yeah. engines sooner or later. there's a company in australia uh, called i think it's pack performance but they make a billet rotor engine yeah and they've been i want to say like deep sixes on i believe three rotors. there's yeah. single uh, three rotors yeah, yeah. yeah those rotor engines are amazingly efficient yeah at making power but there's there's hardly any parasitic loss in those. Yeah, there's not oh, too many parts, right? right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The way you look at it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't I don't know anything about them, but they're they're That'd be kind of fun to play. Yeah. Yeah. They, they sound like twenty five thousand angry hornets. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They the the single rotor naturally aspirated ones. I always thought they sounded like a like a four cylinder with a. 800 pound flywheel on it. Yeah. Like they just never, oh, they never, yeah. <laughs> it's extremely loud. Oh, really they're are. definitely oh, noisy. You know, there, I was here for one time for a testing tune, and some of those guys with the with the Mazdas were out playing, and, and the one, the battery died. It wouldn't start on its own. So these guys, there's like four of them pushing the car to start it. They were pushing it backwards just to, to start it. So like they they push it backwards. In reverse? In reverse. And then he'd pop, he'd pop the clutch, the car would stop, the front tires would practically come off the ground, <laughs> and the thing would fire up and start running. 
I, so, I don't so understand. It's, it's got to be a gear ratio thing, right? Like, why else would you do that? It, I think it's the the rotation of the engine. It, it's well, the engine's going to turn the bolt the same direction. Yeah, it's got to be a gear ratio. It was the craziest thing. thing. Yeah, it, I guess it could be. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, that's the craziest thing that's I've seen. Fun. Like, what are these guys doing? Bust they, your phone out and videotape. Well, that was just before we had videos on Yeah. Or maybe they used to get in and start in a small space. That yeah, could be. <laughs> right, right. They got the driveway, and that's about it. Puerto Rico's not that big. They got those, right. <laughs> they got those, they got the state. I see them come up here in semi-trailers a lot with the cars in them, like yeah. a loaded trailer. I wonder if they're trying to, how do you start them in a trailer with batteries in the semi-trailer? Yeah, I don't know. Push it backwards. This, yeah. <laughs> One way to do it. Do they have them loaded up like the Vegas, hanging from the, the back bumper? Right. <laughs> so... So, Tyler, I guess uh, if, if somebody's interested in, in doing some chassis dyno work with you, how do they get a hold of you, and, and kind of what, is, what would somebody expect? Yeah, so just we have a, our Facebook page, or the website's forceengineered.com, or you can email us at uh, tech at forceengineered.com, or call us. Um, the phone number is 269-685-6668. I mean, we'll, we usually book stuff four to six weeks out for dyno time. I, I try to only do two or three a week because I always end up doing like seven. Yeah. <laughs> That's just how that happens. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so our carb tuning stuff's like 150 bucks an hour. You okay. know, your typical carburetor setup, if it's in the ballpark, it's going to be done in two hours. Sure. So, sure. Um, so it, and about how many poles roughly would that be if it's close it, yeah it, it close is pretty relative term, yeah that's right? true no you're right you're exactly right <laughs> yeah I, it can it can vary i mean i've had some cars where we're done in three and, and others where we've done 10 you know yeah. it, it really just depends okay because it usually how i approach it is we'll set the timing where i know it's conservative and then i'll get the fuel curve to where it's in the ballpark and we'll yeah. start leading timing into it and until we see that nose over and then sure. we'll dial the fuel in and you know, if, if stuff looks good, you know, you got to say you got a three circuit carb and stuff's looking okay in the middle and bad up top, I start changing air bleeds and playing with the air bleed combination with the main jet and making sure the intermediate circuit's still happy. It, it can get. It can get complicated. Yeah. The, well, and it also depends on what your margin for error is there. Sure. You know, if it's moving around half a point, you don't really worry about it. But. Right. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, realistically, two hours, 300 bucks yeah. to, to come make sure everything's working the right way. I mean, that's that's invaluable compared to what it costs to come to a testing tube. It can and, it can be yeah yeah and and try to try to guess at it you know mm -hmm. change change jets and watch them out per hour I mean that's all that's all antiquated ways of doing things yeah you know, especially if you don't know what you're doing yeah exactly yeah you can learn a you learn a lot in a hurry on the dyno oh yeah <laughs> that's for sure yep so Cameron drives what he's got a he's got a charger char dust charger what yeah, engine it's, it's got the minivan engine it's got the three five or the three six pentastar and he's okay. been bracket racing that right no he hasn't oh, yes we, yeah. we, we're trying to get him to so if our producer Cameron wanted to bring this dust charger to you and have a turbo installed I actually don't work on Chrysler stuff yeah well, it's yeah so I know. okay tell, tell <laughs> us a little bit about that because there's there's some there's some interesting stuff there yeah so the Dodge. Chrysler's ECU is is different than how they just how they label stuff, how their numbers work in the system. And, mm -hmm. and I, I've always kind of felt like if I can't be decent at doing something, I'm not going to offer it to people. And I don't okay. have a car to learn on, so I, I just stay away from them. I've, okay. I've done a couple of the SRTA Jeeps, the earlier generation ones, and mm -hmm. we were moderately I mean, we were successful with the tune-up stuff, you know, but I wouldn't want to push them real hard. I just, my comfort zone isn't there. I haven't done one enough to... Yeah. Either. So I, I just tend to stay away from that Chrysler stock ECU stuff. Okay. Let me rephrase that. If I had a, a Camaro and I went to Lincoln Feller and they put a, a turbo on it and I yeah. brought it home, 
Is that your cup of tea? Yeah, for sure. All okay. day long. So, <laughs> wait, wait, you've got a Camaro, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> that does not I'll, give you, I'll give you a business card before I leave. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, bet, I bet Tyler could hook you up with a turbo and all kinds of stuff. And what would what, 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 your Camaro run? Uh, I went 14, 10 or something like that. I think we can get a lot of second pass out. We can do better. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, like better. A, sounds like traction troubles to me. I'm a, I'm a nitrous outlet dealer too, so we can. Yeah. Oh, there you, you go. You can <laughs> there you go. Pretty broke pretty fast. What? No, no. You tear people up on Westage. There you <laughs> go. Yeah. So I think that's going to put a wrap on it. I'd like to, to just give Tyler a huge thank you for, for coming in and hanging out with us for a few the minutes. The is located real near the track. Here, it right? is. It's right on 10th Street and Plainwell. Yeah, right on 10th Street and Plainwell. Okay. So just south of the track, south and to the east a little bit. Yep. So if you know where like the main four corners in Plainwell is, you're what, maybe a mile south of yeah, the east side of the road? Yeah, right, right across yeah. the street from Perks. You'll drive yep. a movie theater yep. downtown. You know yep. that's at. So stop in and visit Tyler and... and uh, we just we can't thank him enough for for hanging out with us a little bit. Hopefully, y'all learned something. I know, I, I think Gary and I learned a little bit of oh, something here. <laughs> so, no, oh, I'm I'm really proud of you, Tyler, and, and your oh, dad thanks, must be man. too. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, he is. He tells me all the time. So, just about the old block. That's, no, really that's cool. for sure. No, thanks for having me on here, guys. I appreciate it. It's cool. Good to have you. Well, that's gonna that's gonna do it for episode thirty. Hard to believe we've got thirty in already. I mean, we're, we're nothing. I think uh, the one that I listened to for, of Luke and Jed's is at 131. Yeah. That was the last week, so. They've been going a year longer. They, they, they have, so. But either way, we're, we're having a good time doing this, and, and we can't thank you enough for the listening and supporting what we're doing here. And, and, you know, leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. And if you've got ideas, like we said before, let us know. We're, we're always looking for, for content ideas. Okay. So yeah, we got our import versus domestic race this weekend. Yeah, come out and check that out. It's going to be a good time. I doubt you'll be uh, disappointed. No, no, not at all. It's definitely a lot of fun, those guys. And, so uh, we'll have some results maybe next week from that. I certainly hope so. Right. Besides rain, right? Oh yeah, besides rain. <laughs> <laughs> it's off the docket this year. All right, thanks everybody. We'll uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks, Justin.